Welcome to the Room of Lives. I'm your host, Neil. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Miriam Schoenfield. She got her bachelor's at Brandeis University in philosophy, math, and neuroscience. Then she got her PhD in philosophy from MIT and was a professor there for some time, and now she teaches at the University of Texas at Austin. Miriam specializes in epistemology, which is the study of understanding how we know what is truth. For the first part of this conversation, though, Miriam wants to talk about something else that she cares about a lot. It's about the I-35 highway that cuts through the city of Austin, where I've lived now for about a decade and where we are sitting and having this conversation. The Texas Department of Transportation is about to expand this interstate highway from 12 to 20 lanes, and Miriam wants to stop that. She's not alone. Activist groups such as Rethink 35 have sued Texas in an attempt to halt the highway expansion. So why does a professor of philosophy and her friends want to stop the use of government funds for the development of public infrastructure in one of America's fastest-growing cities. Okay, so let's start from the top. Tell tell me a little bit about who you are. Sure. Um, My name is Miriam Schoenfield. I um, I teach philosophy here at UT, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also a board member on Rethink 35, which is a group that's trying to oppose the expansion of I-35. Um, so those are the sort of two things I do right now. Yeah. Was there more to your question? Than... Uh, like, where are you from? Where am I from? Um, all over the place. I was born in the Midwest. I lived in Israel for several years as a kid. Then back to the Midwest, um, then to the East Coast, mm-hmm. uh, moved around a lot. So, yeah, and yeah. how long have you been in Austin? Well, my first job out of grad school was in Austin back in 2012, so I was here for a few years then, and then I moved to Boston and New York for a while. I really missed Austin, mm-hmm. so when the opportunity arose to come back, I decided to come back. I see. And so you've been... At this point, no, you've been teaching philosophy at UT Austin. And so at this point, since you came back to Austin the last time, how long have you been living there? Oh, about two and a half years. Two and a half years? Yeah. And how did you get involved with the board of the Rethink I-35 group, if I might call it that? Yeah, sure. Well, I kind of hesitated when I said two and a half years because... I arrived in Austin in January 2020, so right before the pandemic started. Yeah. And then once it became clear that we were going to be online for a whole academic year, I actually left Austin and like traveled in the wilderness basically for a year oh, while wow. teaching remotely. So I wasn't like mm-hmm. camping and stuff, you know, I was in places where I could access the internet and stuff like that, but I spent yeah. lots and lots of times lots and lots of time out in the wilderness. And it really like kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I got back to Austin a year later, 
there was like a bit of shock at the whole, the, just how different it is to be, to live in a city and to be, to be out in the wilderness. And, um, so anyway, I just kind of, but I got very interested in cities and the way cities work and the way that cities are like ecosystems, um, kind of analogous to wild places. And anyway, while all of this was going on, at a certain point, I heard that they were planning on expanding I-35 through Austin. And I, I just like, on a gut level, I just knew like, holy cow, that is a terrible idea. Like this big, ugly, polluting highway right through the middle of the city. It's noisy. I can hear it. I live, you know, close-ish to I-35, but several blocks away, I can, I can hear it at night. It's like they can't seriously be thinking of making this bigger. And so I immediately like looked into who was fighting back on this. Then I found Rethink 35 and I've been involved with them ever since. Do you live on the eastern side of I-35 or the west? The east. I live in Cherrywood. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So at this point, can you tell us a little bit about just suppose someone who just doesn't know anything about this I-35 business? Yeah. What's going, what's going on? What are we talking about? Sure, absolutely. So the Texas Department of Transportation has had a proposal to expand I-35 through Austin from about 12 to 20 lanes. Um, I-35... Wait, it has 12 lanes now? Yes, but that includes the frontage roads. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I-35 I uh, cuts right through the center of Austin. Mm. Um, the reason we have a highway that goes right through the center of Austin is that back in the 60s, when the Federal Highway Administration was giving money to cities and local governments to put highways down, mm -hmm. um, lots of places, including Austin, chose to use a racial segregation line to put highways. So before mm -hmm. I-35, we had a lovely boulevard, which was called East Avenue. But essentially, the people of color lived east of East Avenue, and white people lived west of East Avenue, and then there was a sort of conscious decision to put I-35 right on top of East Avenue. And this was in the 60s, you said? Yeah. Roughly. Yeah, roughly then. Yeah, I think it so, was the early 60s. So I'm from India, by the way, so mm -hmm. some of this stuff, I'm kind of an outsider to, mm -hmm. was in the 60s, technically segregation was not a thing anymore. But people were still segregated. Or... Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair way to fair way to put it. I mean, um, you know, I think the '60s was a time where there, there was a lot of civil rights activism going on, mm -hmm. um, but there was still a lot of of racism. And you know, I live in Cherrywood right now. Um, I guess my I think my house was built in the late '40s or something. But it actually says in the deed that only white people can live in this house. Um, uh, it says it in the deed? It says it in the deed. But you were supposed to be on the on the colored side of I-35. I know. Cherrywood was this one little bubble. So oh. sort of the colored side of I-35 kind of started just south of Cherrywood. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. But just to say that, you know, back around that time, there was still a lot, a lot of segregation, even if it wasn't, so to speak, encoded in the law. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so there was a, there was a desire by the folks that lived here then to, to separate yeah. uh, the two sides. And I suspect part of that was fear, you know, as a civil rights movement 
gained momentum and there was more integration, people that didn't like that mm. uh, were very excited about the possibility of putting a bunch of concrete, you know, to separate um, yeah. East and West Austin. Yeah. So I'll tell you a little bit about what my perspective was yeah. on this I-35 issue is at first I didn't know much about it. Mm hmm. And I, I would just like sometimes, so I've been living in Austin for about 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like the fact that actually it seems like the city cares about like public infrastructure and things like that. And over the years I've noticed, yeah, a lot of people are moving to Austin. So private infrastructure is developing very mm -hmm. fast. But also, I mean, I'm from India, so I'm comparing to India. A lot of pub public infrastructure is developing fast in Austin too. Some people might consider it slow, but compared to my reference frame, mm. it's very fast. Mm -hmm. Like the city has become much more bike friendly since yes. I came here. And there's more like public infrastructure stuff. There's like Project Connect. So the city is anticipating that it's going to become big very fast. So it needs to lay down public, uh, public infrastructure. And so when I heard that, okay, I-35 is going to be expanded. So whenever I saw that, okay, so in the beginning there was like Project Connect. And there are some people who don't like Project Connect also. And in my mind, mm. so I'm like a pretty left-leaning guy. Mm -hmm. And I came from a very busy city in India. So so I would always like want tax dollars to go to private in, uh, public infrastructure rather mm -hmm. than private entities. So my idea was that the people who are opposing like public transport, public infrastructure are kind of more like, I don't know, they're like more capitalistic or something like that. And so in my mind, that was the categorization. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't really get to vote here. But on this issue, I know that I'm leaning towards pu public infrastructure. Yes. And then this I-35 thing. And so I was like, oh, yeah, some people are opposing the expansion of a highway that is, you know, that's public infrastructure. So that's going to help people move around. So mentally, I at first categorized because I didn't know anything about what the opposition was about. Right. So I just categorized it as, okay, this has got to be some like people who for whatever reason don't like money being spent on like public infrastructure, but they, they should think a little bit, you know, into the future. Like we need, you know, good blah, blah, whatever. So that's what I was thinking. And then what happened was one day I'm on a bike ride with uh, some of my friends and they work for the city mm -hmm. and they work in particular in transportation design or designing the roads. And one of them is uh, designs the bike lanes uh -huh. for the city. And we were stopped in the middle of a bike ride and we were at a coffee shop or something. And I saw a flyer that said, rethink I-35. Mm -hmm. And I started asking one of them, like, what is this about? What do these people want? Like, why are they possibly opposing the enhancement of, like, uh, the highway? Mm -hmm. And so then he started telling me, for the first time, I heard some sound arguments on the other side. He was like, oh, there's this, like, past with the segregation. And I was like, okay, so what do these people want to do? And then he gave me some ideas, like, okay, no, definitely don't expand the highway. Mm -hmm. In fact... In fact, uh, take that section of I-35 that goes through the city and make it not a highway. Mm -hmm. So somehow, I don't know, just remove the section of the highway that goes through the city, maybe detour it or something. I don't know what they do. But take that section and make it into kind of like a thoroughfare or like a city street mm -hmm. 
but in such a way that there's like it's kind of like a public space also with trees and it's kind of like an avenue and mm-hmm. a lot of things basically something that can be more of a meeting place for people who live in the city mm-hmm. as opposed to a place that divides it could be a place where both sides of i35 can come and it's a more cohesive more integrated city yes and um <clears throat> i heard that i was like yeah that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> now that i know that, that yeah. i understand what the whole thing is about so yeah yeah is that a good characterization of what the opposition is or absolutely i mean there are i should first say there are several people that oppose i mm. the expansion of i35 and there have been different proposals floated for what should be done instead um rethink 35 thinks you know all of these proposals should be studied um but the one that we've put forward and really uh want a serious study is one that does exactly what you said. It reroutes the highway around the city. Mm-hmm. And there's actually existing roadways around the city, like SH-130, for example. It's a highway that goes around Austin that was built specifically for the purpose of having through traffic not go through the middle of Austin. Yeah. The problem is it's heavily tolled, so people don't use it. So, but we've got the roadways there. So the idea is let's get all of the non-local traffic going around the city instead of through the city. Yeah. And now let's think about the local traffic, people that are, you know, moving around within the the general region. Um, It's incredibly inefficient for mobility in general to move local people around on an interstate highway Um, because, you know, you've got on ramps and off ramps and you can't cross at every at every point that you'd want to cross so people have to be going driving unnecessarily in different mm-hmm. directions so um and you know cars in general are an inefficient way of moving large quantities of people around so the idea is yes let's turn that space that goes through the city into something like an urban boulevard which has some car lanes dedicated bus lanes, bike lanes, and then we could also build on that land. That's some of the most valuable land in the state of Texas. We could have housing, we could have businesses, we could have all kinds of, we could turn it into a place that's attractive and desirable, Um, not a highway. And that's what belongs in the middle of a thriving city like Austin. So that's kind of the vision. It kind of sounds like this repurposing um, off that land for like houses, businesses, this boulevard would be a lot more value add than expanding the highway. Like the amount of value that's coming from people being able to zip or whatever, some non-local traffic being able to zip through Austin. There is some value to that, of course. Yeah. But the other value that you're talking about seems to be like a lot more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And very few people are zipping through on I-35 right yeah, now. It's yeah. incredibly congested. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the other problems with expanding a highway. So we know now from many, many years of study and several examples that when you expand a congested urban highway, the traffic tends to get worse. So like in Houston, uh, when they added that? lanes to uh. the freeway there, commute times increased by 55% at peak hours. How does that make sense? Yes, it's very, very unintuitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the phenomenon is called induced demand. So basically what happens is when you add extra capacity for cars, 
it just incentivizes more people to drive. Mm. And so you've got more people that start using the highway even more than you did before. Mm. Um, and that inc- and that leads to added congestion. Mm. The other thing that happens is that when you add more uh, roadway capacity for cars is that it impacts all kinds of ways that the city develops to become more car-reliant. So, for example, developments start being built further out because people yeah. are like, oh, I can just commute in. Yeah. Um, also, things become, you need a place for all these extra cars to park once mm. they arrive in the city. Yeah. So now the city has to have all these parking lots. So mm. now things have to be further apart because you've got parking lots everywhere, which makes it harder to walk or bike. So it's part of a whole cycle that leads to more car reliance and basically less efficient mobility for people that live in cities. So it's very paradoxical, and it was hard for me to wrap my head around at first, but it's it's just an empirically observed phenomenon now that's not controversial. It's just happened over and over again. In Houston, L.A., they keep expanding. Traffic gets worse. Expanding traffic gets worse. So... We were, it's quite clear that expanding the highway will make traffic worse. Um, mm. So that's another problem with it. So at what stage of the process are we in now? Like, what does the policymaking stage, like, what, what does the process look like? At what stage of the process are we in now? What's going to happen in the future? What is the role of the public at this stage? Yeah. So, um, so TxDOT basically... Uh, recently came out with what's called a draft environmental... TxDOT is the Department of Transportation. Yes. It's the State Department of Transportation. And maybe I'll just highlight here that there's also a Mm. weird, like, state versus city battle kind of going on here. Oh, okay. So it's the state... Yeah, Yeah. it's the state that's really been pushing this. Um, Mm. So... They So the Texas Department of Transportation recently released what's called a draft environmental impact statement, which is several thousand pages long, where they lay out different alternatives for how they were going to expand the highway. And then they say, this is our preferred one. Um, and they talk about the various impacts this expansion will have. So um, that's part that's one of the required steps for a highway expansion. There needs to be an environmental review. The crazy thing is that TxDOT gets to conduct its own environmental review and then decide whether it meets the standards. So there's no external, uh, you know, um, sort of checks and balances on the system. But anyway, so TxDOT released that statement um, at the end of January, I believe, and sometime in January. And now until March 7th, there's a public comment period. So people are encouraged to comment on the project. And so we at We Think 35 are encouraging everybody (laughs) who can to, it's very easy. You you just go to the, um, I think it's called my35capex.com or something like that. There's a, there's the, uh, sort of text out website for commenting on this project. I mean, I can link that to the text description of the podcast. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's what's happening now. Then after that ends at March 7th, they're going to, you know, go back behind their closed doors and do whatever uh, it is they do. Um, They meaning TxDOT. TxDOT, exactly. Um, And then they want to start building in 2024, 2025. So that's what's happening in their process. 
But in the meantime, there's a lawsuit that Rethink 35, Environment Texas, and the Texas Public Interest Research Group have joined forces to sue TechStopped and argue that the way they've done their environmental review process is unfair, basically. Um, so that lawsuit is going and could kind of stop this in its tracks at any, at any point. Um, and then the other thing that's happening at the same time is that there are discussions happening at city council, at the regional transportation authority level, um, about what the local government's position is going to be on this and to what extent they're going to try to push back against mm. TxDOT. So there's several things happening in parallel, yeah. but we are at a very sort of important moment right now. In fact, um, this coming Thursday, I think city council is going to be voting on a resolution about this topic. What direction do you think the city is leaning? It's very interesting. So most of city council opposed the expansion. Community Impact recently like released a survey with like three questions for each council member. And one of them was, do you support expanding I-35? And the majority of people said they don't. Kirk Watson, the mayor, has been a big advocate for expansion. And to be perfectly honest, I have no idea why. I mean, he's a he's a well-educated person. Um, I'm sure he knows all of the studies that show that, you know, expanding highways is, is a bad idea. It's bad for cities. It's bad for mobility. Um, it's bad for the environment. So... So he, he is in favor of expansion. Now, in mm. Austin, we have what's called a weak mayor. So the mayor doesn't really get a vote more than any other council member. Yeah. Um, but in general, I would say the mood of city council is to go against, um, against the expansion. There is like the resolution that is going to... It'll be very interesting to see exactly what kind of resolution they put forward on Thursday. I would say that in general, in the city, there has have been kind of people like Rethink 35 and various other groups that are like, hey, this is bad. We need to call it out and stop it right now. Mm. And then there are people that are like, yeah, this sucks, but TxDOT has the power to do what they want. So let's sort of try to play nice with them and maybe negotiate and maybe like we can get some... So one of the things that some certain people on city council have been pushing for is like asking TxDOT to lower the highway so that at some point it could be covered by what, what are called caps, which are sort of basically like green spaces that can cover the highway. Um, so there's like the sort of trying to get certain concessions out of TxDOT camp. Um, and then there's the like calling it out and just outright opposing it camp. Mm. Um, so... You know, I think different people on city council, even amongst the people that disagree, that agree that this is a terrible project, have different views about what the best strategy is to fight it. And so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. The thing that strikes me as kind of weird is that a government like Department of Transportation just can just come and just execute whatever they think their plan is. And there's no standard procedure by default within the system for the city or the people where this is going to impact to say, no, we don't actually want that, that you have to go and do a lawsuit. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? Like that the 
text dot that the way that the process is defined let's text dot just set their own standards and just do whatever uh, by default yeah absolutely it's a very um, it's a very difficult issue so I think the way the state and this is in some sense part of the federal government is the one that runs the whole highway system yeah. is like well I-35 is an interstate highway so this isn't really about you, Austin. This is about how, you know, we're trying to get goods from Mexico to Canada. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we get to make the decision about how that works. And that's another excellent reason why interstate highways shouldn't be running through cities. Mm. Because cities don't get to have a say, officially mm. speaking, without going through a lot of hoops and lawsuits and stuff like that in what happens in their own city. And, you know, it's incredible because there's even now like so i live in cherrywood i often walk to ut and mm. i cross on mainer yeah which is a terrible crossing um there's no like pedestrian signal you, mean and, you cross i-35 yes oh uh, yeah mainer road becomes dean keaton right uh, uh no they're actually pa sort of parallel at that oh, point yeah, yeah 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 it kind of forks out right yes yeah, exactly they, and so mainer kind of goes um yeah yeah so anyway, it's a it's a horrible crossing. There's no mm. pedestrian signal. It's like a big mess. You kind of have to guess when you're supposed to cross. So I like called, you know, put in a 311 request with the city and they were like, we can't do anything about this crossing. This mm. crossing belongs to the state. Yeah. And so then I put it the request into the state and they're like, uh, a pedestrian signal is not feasible at this intersection. Which, mm. I mean, of course it's feasible. You just put in a thing with a pedestrian <laughs> signal. But it just goes to show how absurd it is to have, like, our local street grid be governed by the state entity that's really charged mm. with moving, you know, people and goods across long distances, not helping pedestrians cross yeah. little intersections to get to school, you know? Yeah. So, um... I think that's, I think you raise a really good point. It's just yet another reason why interstates shouldn't be through cities. And I think if it weren't for the, the racial history of this country, we wouldn't be ha we wouldn't have interstates running straight through the middle like we do in so many places. And do you think there are any more like conflicts of interest? Like, is there some kind of a money trail here? Like if they get to expand the highway, does someone stand to gain? Absolutely. And ultimately, I think that's why this is happening. So um, it's not like we know some secret things that the Texas Department of Transportation doesn't know. So there's a there's a real question of like, why, why would this project even be happening, given what a bad idea it is sort of on every level? Um, so, you know, here are the systems that are in place. Um, our governor, Governor Abbott, elects it's four people to what's called the Texas Transportation Commission. These people have no um, experience in transportation or urban design or anything like that. They're basically just, they're like one of them's a banker, an oil investor, a former car lobbyist. They're just rich people, basically. Mm -hmm. They make all of the decisions, essentially, for what, what mm -hmm. TxDOT does. The 
governor in the last um, election cycle, the governor's second largest campaign donor was the owner of a highway construction company. Um, and so the, the highway construction companies, the car industry, the oil industry, very much have a lot to gain through highway expansion. And there is conflict of interest written all over the place, mm. um, both in terms of who's helping elect um, the governor and in terms of, you know, the people that work on these Texas um, transportation commissions. And, you know, this is really just a small instance of a much broader phenomenon in the U.S. Mm. The car industry has had enormous power over what our entire yeah. infrastructure looks like. Um, and they've used, you know, their financial muscles to basically impose car dependency mm. on an entire, you know, entire, like, all of North America, really. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the many problems that needs to get fixed is that, mm. like, the way these decisions get made can't be influenced by the interests of these industries. Yeah, yeah. Um... So what is your, like, message? Like, what should the public do or what is it that you're trying to get out there? Like, are you urging people to, like, put in, like, comments to that or is there something else also? I would say um, there's a few things. So one is Rethink35 has a petition. Mm -hmm. It's at Rethink35.com. Mm -hmm. um, and I would encourage people who oppose the expansion to sign the Rethink35 petition. Yeah. Um submit definitely submit public comments to the texas department of transportation before march 7th and then i would say the other thing is like keep your ears open and yeah. stay engaged in this this yeah. is this is the lawsuit all of this this is going to be going on even if they start building the battle isn't over several construction projects for highways have been stopped mm -hmm. after they've started building so mm -hmm. um this is really a time to get engaged to you know contact your city council member and tell them how you feel about these issues mm -hmm. so um this is really like an issue that it both has you know profound impacts on us locally as a city mm -hmm. um and also the the climactic the Im impacts for the climate and the environment in general are mm -hmm. are enormous Mm. huge proportions of emission come from the transportation sector and we need to start changing mm. that and this expansion there's a calculator that showed that it would it's basically the equivalent as if austin were to open um a coal-fired power plant in the city just the, the impacts of the environmental impacts so it's both locally important it's important for the for the world as a whole um and so I would just encourage people to stay involved and, and, and engaged in this issue. Mm. Okay, I have a... So, okay, so my next question is not exactly... It's kind of about I-35. But how do you manage to care so much about this particular mm. thing? Because I feel like a lot of people, okay, live in the city and then this thing is going to impact their lives but most people are not going to care about it so seriously to like okay i met this guy neil at a climbing gym and he says he has a podcast 
now I'm going to come on the podcast and talk about this and hopefully people listen. Mm-hmm. And then about this pedestrian sign, I'm going to make a 311 request and then I'm going to write to the state. Most people don't care about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. to that extent. Yeah. So I'm trying to understand how do you manage to care? Yeah. Like what is it? What is it that matters in your head? Yeah. It's a great question. And, and I will say, like, I, my time out in the wilderness really, like, shifted things for me. I was not, before that, I wouldn't say I was someone that would be calling the city about intersections and getting really involved in a, in a fight like this. Mm. I think it's like... I don't know. For me, it's, it's a lot of it is about, I mean, this sounds kind of cheesy, but it's just the truth. It's about a kind of like love for the world Mm. and, and like wanting the future to be beautiful and, and, and seeing the potential and seeing you know, seeing cities really as like our human habitat and like for a lot of people, not everyone lives in a city, but for people who live in a city, this is like our habitat. This is our sort of collective home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like look at your space that you live in. It's beautiful. You've got these lights. You've oh. got these plants. <laughs> it's It's got this nice vibe. And yeah. like I want us as a collective to to share a beautiful place to be together because I think it also matters socially, you know. Mm-hmm. People, car dependency is also have a really isolating effect on people's lives. Um, And so I think there's just so much we can do to sort of become a more human, happy, thriving uh, group of people cohabiting in this space that we call Austin. And so um, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, like, it's like something clicked and, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add about the I-35 thing for Um, anyone listening? Maybe the last thing I'll add is just that, you know, if if people do want to get more involved in addition to submitting comments and stuff, um, I'll say that, like, the We Think 35 group is, like, a group of really friendly, welcoming, fun people and... Everything we do, we think of as, you know, both service to the community, but also is like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've met some like amazing people through the organization. So people are just looking to get involved with something like we have social events every month and all kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great group of passionate people to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today in the room of lives. In the second part, I ask Miriam, why did you suddenly go off into the wilderness by yourself, and what was the internal shift that you experienced there?